0: Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. Today is Friday, March 11th, 2022, and I'm Natalia Castro from Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. Today we are celebrating 20 years of uplifting and advancing African Americans in the U.S. government. The African American Federal Executive Association, or as it's commonly referred, AFIA, is a leading nonprofit organization dedicated to preparing and supporting African Americans for advancement into and within the senior ranks of the U.S. government. Let's take a look at the history of Afia.
2: It was 1913, and with the stroke of a pen, newly elected President Woodrow Wilson segregated the federal workforce. His racist mandates exacerbated the growing income gap between Black and white civil servants. Then, in the midst of World War II, specifically 1942 to 1943, the United States government realized it needed all hands on deck, even the hands of black men and women. They were recruited for federal administrative positions, postal work, and military service. Fast forward 50-plus years, the United States once again found itself at a turning point. We were at war. It was a new millennium. George W. Bush was elected president. The Iran-Iraq war was heating up. The Securities and Exchange Commission was under fire for insider trading, and the World Trade Centers were coming down, literally. Our country was under attack. The structure of the federal government was shifting to handle these changes. The Department of Homeland Security was stood up, and the base realignment and closure was in full force. It was a perfect storm. Yet a perfect time for African-American federal senior executives to take their place at the top.
0: Last month, AFIA celebrated 20 years as an organization. Today, we are going to discuss their anniversary re- event and more about how, what the organization does for their members and our government. To discuss AFIA with me, we have their president, Tyra Den. Tyra is a retired SES who served as Deputy Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Commerce. Welcome, Tyra, and thank you for joining me today.
3: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. We're really excited to talk about this topic today um, and and all the great work that AFIA does. Now, we just heard a little bit about the organization's history. And in the description for this show, you'll see a full video that tells the whole story of AFIA. But I want to hear from you about what the organization does and your role as president.
3: Well, the organization, as you mentioned, Natalia, uh, is dedicated to the advancement and preparation of African-Americans into and within the senior ranks of the United States government. And more specifically, it is the intent to increase the number of African-Americans in senior executive service positions. Uh, We do that and we have done that for the last 20 years um, by offering our members a variety of leadership and professional development opportunities that are rooted in the executive core qualifications uh, or better known as ECQs that are used to, um, that that applicants for senior executive service positions uh, are required to address in their application process. And so we have a variety of, of programs and events where we actually focus on that preparation at all the grade levels um, and to include preparation for senior management positions.
0: Thanks, Tyra. You know, it's I, I, it's it's so great that AFIA exists. I read often these reports from the MSPB and the EEOC that talk about how representation of people of color in the U.S. government just really kind of falls off when you get to those executive levels, those higher level management levels. And one of the things that's so great about your organization is that it really tries to start early in someone's career and prepare them for being a federal executive and a management official. Uh, That's so important to have a government that really represents the people that it serves. And that's one of the reasons AFIA is such a great organization. Um, I want you to tell me a little bit about the, the mission of AFIA and some of your strategic priorities and goals to achieve these different missions.
3: Absolutely. So I do want to first mention that our membership is comprised of Um, federal employees at the GS-13 or equivalent in defense and intelligence communities and above. Uh, So you mentioned the fact that we do offer um, preparation earlier in one senior management position uh, so that they are um, more qualified or, or prepared, rather, I should say, to compete for those senior leadership and executive positions. So our mission aligned with that is really to promote the professional development. We want our members to succeed. We want them to advance. Um, we want them to demonstrate uh, the talent and capability that is um, that is within all of them, and uh, to, to have the same opportunities to obtain senior executive level positions.
0: I noticed on your website on the kind of discussions about your, your mission statement and this different work that you do to further those goals that you just mentioned, it talked about establishing partnerships and alliances with other groups in government. And I'm curious how AFIA does that and, and what are some of like the usefulness that you guys see of creating those partnerships in order to advance the interests of your members?
3: Partnerships are a critical part of our strategy. Um, we have partnerships with um, federal agencies as well as um, other organizations, um, like organizations of which SEA is one, um, Blacks in Government. And so through these partnerships, we're able and and alliances, we're able to strengthen our programming. Uh, We're able to collaborate and offer a broader array of content and exposure to our members. And often our members uh, are provided incentives as a result of our partnership relationship with these other organizations. Um, We're also starting to pursue partnerships with um, the universities and colleges. So uh, as you pointed out earlier, reaching, reaching our community earlier in their in their professional um, pursuits is is really key as well and we're doing that through partnerships
0: that's really cool yeah especially get, tapping into the universities where you have students who you know are very inspired toward public service and being able to help them really understand the potential for a career in public service. You mentioned that you have relationships with agencies. Um, how do you work with agencies to really further AFIA's objectives?
3: So that's an area that we're actually looking to uh, strengthen more. Um, but in working with agencies, we have had an opportunity to go into the agency and do exactly what we're doing here. Share the fact that AFIA exists, uh, what its mission and purpose is, how it can serve the particular agency employees to further enhance their career development and progression. Um, We also um, use the agency relationships to um, introduce and or market our programming. Uh, We'll talk a little bit later about our key signature programs, um, the fellows program and our career development plan program. And so we also uh, have many individuals who compete for those programs uh, through some of our agency, some of our agency partnerships.
0: That's really great. And you're absolutely right. We're going to dive into more of AFIA's programs, starting with a discussion about the 20th anniversary event that you guys hosted last month. We have to stop here for our first break. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. I am here with Tyra Den, president of the African American Federal Executive Association. They just celebrated 20 years with an event in February, actually, a few events in February. Uh, they kind of spread them out across the month to really get the celebratory spirit all through. And I want to hear a little bit from Tyra about what some of the goals were going in, and then we'll talk through some of the other things hosted throughout
3: the month. Well, thank you. So I I have to tell you, we're still really very much on cloud nine from our uh, celebrations during the month of February. We uh, actually were founded on February 28th in 2002. So it was very uh, intentional that we celebrated this 20th anniversary in that month and that we held our culminating event On February 28th, the day uh, to the day that AFIA was founded. But in order to really live the history throughout the month of February, we offered weekly events. We opened up these events to members and non members because we really wanted to showcase what AFIA has done, what AFIA has been, um, and where AFIA is going. And so that was um, a strategic decision, but it was very well received. Um, The outpouring of of attendance at these events was like none we've ever seen. And so we were uh, grateful that so many new individuals became members during the month of February as a result of being introduced uh, through one one of our celebratory events. So the the month kicked off with a fireside chat from our founders and past presidents. And um, this was an opportunity for them to really, these are living legends. And this was an opportunity for them to really tell the story um, of how the the inspiration and and the dedication, the commitment uh, that, that came with the founding of Athea. And it was a riveting um, conversation and recount of that story. Um, Very, very inspirational just to hear um, from our founder, uh, William Brown Sr., uh, Dr. Lenora Gant. Uh, They were the two founders there. Uh, Our third founder, um, the late Tracy Penson, and uh, Catherine Bland, those are the four founders of Athea. And AFIA had its, it was an idea uh, that these individuals uh, had at a, when they, when they met at a Harvard University professional development program, and they were the only three African Americans, Mr. Brown, Dr. Gant, and oh. the late Tracy Penson, at this particular Harvard leadership development program out of 132. And it was in that moment, literally, that they decided if other African Americans were going to be afforded an opportunity to advance into the senior ranks, there needed to be an organization dedicated to their preparation and support. And so that idea is what blossomed into aFIA in 2002. And so they shared that story and um, they took questions from the audience about just, you know, how do you stay the course? Uh, the, the theme of that, that evening was charting the course um, and to get to this point 20 years later and recount, you know, some of those some of those challenges.
0: This sounds like it was such a great chat, and, and I imagine that having that dynamic, you know, from the people who actually founded the organization, as well as some of the other presidents there, for you as the current president, I'm just curious how it was from your experience hearing these, you know, you describe them as these legends tell this story, yes. and how does it frame how you view your role as president?
3: So it, it was almost surreal to, to hear, to, to be in their presence and to imagine um, where they were, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and the responsibility that they carried and that they shouldered to ensure the continuity and sustainability of this great organization. And so as I, as I participated in that, um, I thought, wow here i am sitting among such trailblazers and visionaries who were so incredibly committed to the purpose of this organization and it just strengthened my own level of commitment and purpose because we see the benefit and the reward every day that afia exists Uh, we hear from members we hear their testimonies we hear their own stories We hear the benefit of the organization to them individually and collectively as they navigate their professional careers. And so it is so very rewarding because, as you mentioned earlier, public service is a high calling. And we want to ensure that 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 pride and that level of commitment and dedication uh, is sustained.
0: That's incredible. And it wasn't just the founders, but it was also several past presidents that were contributing to this conversation. And I'm wondering if there were any things that you found particularly interesting about things that were either similar or different from, you know, the president maybe three years ago compared to the president 20 years ago.
3: So I think you know one thing that I reflected on was um and one of my mantras is timing is everything.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: you know from the founders perspective 20 years ago there was a keen focus on standing up an organization, establishing it, getting the word out that this organization existed, and then relying, AFIA is a is a volunteer-based organization, and then relying on the volunteer support of other senior executives who have full-time jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to shoulder some of the responsibility to serve as mentors and roll up their sleeves, and deliver um, uh, coffee talks and webinars. So that was from the founder's perspective. Our past presidents, uh, they came in, and they too are trailblazers and visionaries, and their focus was continuing to enhance, recognizing that there have been shifts in the landscape, in the federal workplace, notwithstanding COVID, right? And all of the workplace and workforce challenges and changes that we are still uh, navigating through and creating an experience, a member experience that still maintained relevance and uh, timeliness, and robust content to ensure that our members felt like I'm getting something out of this
0: very interesting to hear you know what's so cool about this panel to me is that you really showed the lifeline of an organization and yeah. how you know each new president must build on the last in order to create the organization that you have today um and, and in your next panel your second week panel you talked about sharing the experience and the programs and the partnerships and all the things that afia has really done uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that panel
3: Sure. So, so that panel um, there were the, the panel members included um, uh, Jason Breifel from SEA Senior Executive Association, one of
0: our Fed Talk hosts. That's
3: exactly right. Um, the Honorable Shirley Jones, who is the national president of Blacks in Government, uh, our former Chancellor uh, Wilmer Graham of of our Fellows Program, and um, John Robinson. Uh, who's a longtime member of AFIA and one of the ones that was a very early uh, coffee talk presenter um, back in the very early days. And he's a retired federal executive as well from the Department of State. And so these individuals have uh, collaborated with and partnered with AFIA um, over this 20-year span, again, it's segments of time to continue to build upon and strengthen that which we're delivering, and our program piece as well as our partnerships; those are vital pillars in our uh, organization structure. Um, they they are the core of what uh, our member experience really is is based on. So, with regard to our programs. Um, we offer a fellows program, which is a 12 month leadership development program. Uh, that program prepares candidates for the senior executive service. So it is very robust, very intense. They, uh, they commit some of their personal time, one, one day a month uh, for a formal meeting and then some other smaller meetings uh, with, their, with their cohort. They develop a capstone project, uh, which is presented to the board of directors and uh, assessed and evaluated. And from those capstones, we have made incredible enhancements to the AFEA programming. Uh, They are assigned a mentor. Each individual is assigned a mentor that they work with for the entire year. And that mentor provides guidance and advice and counsel throughout the year To not only maybe perhaps day to day challenges that that um, that senior manager may face, but also in preparing their ECQs, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. being the reader and providing feedback and input. And then we do offer a very guided um, ECQ preparation writing course where we actually bring in an expert who literally reviews all of the candidates' ECQ packages, offers feedback and input. And when they complete the program, notwithstanding they've had leadership experiences as part of the program to prepare them, they also get mock interviews, but they also have a ready ECQ package to begin applying for SES positions
0: that's great i mean i know we'll talk more about it later but i often hear about how people are just so lost on where to start and right. what needs to be done and how to prepare for this process so having that and also having a mentor which is so important you know in any field to guide you really incredible um exciting to hear that shirley jones was on the panel she's been a fed talk guest before i hosted her last year so oh, uh, always exciting to hear these these for familiar friends in the federal government that you're able to bring together and host these these discussions with. For the third event, your February 15th event was all focused on, it it was personal stories and testimonials. Am I correct there?
3: That's exactly correct. That was a member-led conversation. So this was a panel of members at the various grade levels And it was facilitated by our membership director, um, Michelle Hodge, and she posed questions to these members, and it turned into the most powerful conversation um, from our members, really telling the story of how much impact, quite frankly, AFIA has had on their professional experience, their professional career, their leadership trajectory. Um, One comment that stands out for me to this day um, was one of the panel members stated that he was at a point in his career where he was really feeling lost and disconnected from the federal government. He just couldn't find his place of belonging. And it was at that moment that someone introduced him to Afia. He became a member And he said, the rest is history. Um, Just very powerful stories about that kind of really profound impact.
0: I cannot wait to continue discussing the last couple events and some of the big takeaways from the 20th anniversary. But just hearing that member testimonial warms my heart. I think it's the perfect time to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Thank you. Welcome back. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We are just entering the second half of our show with Tyra Dent, president of the African American Federal Executive Association. We were just talking about some of the great panel discussions from the 20th anniversary events. And Tyra was telling us about the member panel, where a group of members joined this panel to discuss some of their personal stories and testimonials on the value and benefits of an AFIA membership, both personally and professionally. We just heard that great testimony from an individual who was really lost in their career and AFIA helped chart the course. Tyra, tell us more about that panel.
3: As I said, that was just the most powerful experience, just this, the listening and the sharing. Um, I'm recalling another very powerful testimony where a member shared that um, she had submitted a request for approval to attend the Athea Annual Leadership Development Workshop, and um, her request was denied not once, not twice, not three times, but I think she said four times. And she finally decided that her career meant more to her than that, that she was going to invest her own um, dollars and pay to attend the workshop herself. And she shared with the with the participants that that was the best decision she'd ever made and the best investment she had ever made with her money. She had to incur travel costs because she was not in the DMV area and uh, for the registration fee. But this individual, too, since that investment in her own personal career um, has realized, I think, if not one, two um, promotions and expanded responsibilities. Um, And I think that was another key message among the members at large that um, recognizing that they own their career. A FIA is a resource to help guide and steer and, and advise, but the initial investment, the ownership rests with the individual. And so, um, so that, that was just very powerful. You know, I think it, it made a lot of people go, wow, you know, to see the outcome of that.
0: Well, and it really, it, it, it's definitely a theme I've gotten from a lot of the work that AFIa does is encouraging people to invest in themselves for their success. Recognize Thanks. that hearing no from an agency, seeing a problem within your agency isn't where the conversation ends and you can really be part of the solution. When you were describing the fellows program, I'm in the back of my mind, I was thinking that sounds like a lot of work, but it really is an investment in yourself and AFIa provides the support to assist people in making that investment. And that testimonial really speaks to that role that AFIA
3: plays. That is so absolutely correct, Natalia. Absolutely.
0: And it really brings us to the uh, kind of final or uh, the February 22nd panel that you guys did on Soaring to New Heights, where you guys discussed some of the future of AFIA. Uh, tell us a little yes. bit about that one
3: so that session um the panel was the 2022 board of directors uh as as uh you may know i am just appointed to this position in january of this year Although for the prior three years, I served as the executive director for AFIA, so I was was no stranger. And our vice president, Rachel Torres, was the former program director. So we both um, were very familiar with the organization and the operation, and we were honored to step into the presidency and the vice presidency. So this final session really focused on so where is Afia going now? We have this rich history behind us. We've got this solid foundation laid. Our membership is growing literally during the month of February by the day we were running a concurrent member campaign, which continues for those in the listening audience through March the 20th. So there's still time uh, to join as part of this membership campaign. Um, but our membership has been increasing, like I said, daily. And so that's the question on top of mind, right? Now that we've celebrated this wonderful history, where is the organization going in the next 20 years? And we're at such a pivotal point in our nation and in our world and particularly within our federal workplace um, the workplace policies and processes and practices are going to shift and are shifting now more than they have in my entire career as a result of uh, our ad- needing to adapt to and reframe uh, our workforce and our workplace in light of the pandemic. So we talked about this expanded membership. We talked about expanding regionally, geographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, one of the silver linings of the pandemic has been our ability now to reach people outside of this, uh, this area. At our last workshop, we had participants who um, were dialing in from South Africa and Japan. So wow. we, being a global organization, is within our line of sight now because the technology and our ability to pivot during um, the pandemic and and reframe our offerings has really enabled that. So that's one of the things we talk about when we talk about soaring to new heights. We'd love to see uh, greater representation out in our regions. We'd love to see a regional chapter of AFEA in the not too distant future. We also want to expand our programming. Uh, as we've, we've talked already a little bit about the fellows program, and I know that we're going to talk of some more. But one of the programs that we piloted actually in 2019 that got really rave reviews um, is an ECQ boot camp. And I've talked about ECQ prep uh, as part of the fellows program, but um, that was a was an offering that our members really, really were interested in. We had folks sign up um, like immediately, almost hundreds, almost a hundred signed up for it. And it was a very intense four-month experience focused solely on preparing your ECQs. And again, we've got anecdotal data that members who came out of that pilot um, program in 2019 have since been appointed to the Senior Executive Service, and while they we know there are many aspects that come into actually being point appointed to an SES position, um, they they recognized the fact that having that focused time and that dedicated time that guided time to preparing their ECQs was essential. Um, you know, it's not like applying for a job when you write the ECQs. You you can't start it two or three days before the job closes, right? It is a very, very intentional effort. So we're looking to offer that again, um, uh, certainly this year and or early next year. We also offered a, a federal executive webcast, and that was in, respon- in direct response to um, the Agency um, inquiries that we received following the George Floyd murder that summer of um, of 2020, uh, where we had, you know just so many uh, realizations and awakenings around uh, racial inequities and injustices. Um, agencies were reaching out to us asking, Um, how we might partner with them. And this was a little bit about what we talked about earlier. So one of our responses to that was the creation of a federal executive webcast series, which we offered in partnership with uh, another one of our partners, Royal Consulting Firm. And that was a nine-part series of professional development offerings that were offered in bundles. So it was nine parts, but three bundles with three parts in each bundle that program was opened up to GS-12s. So this was another nuance, right? Our membership is for 13s and above, but as we were designing that program and reaching out to agencies, trying to frame it in a way that would meet their needs, uh, what we learned was that um, agencies outside of this area their grade structures are different, right? Supervisors are GS-12s. They're not 13s and 14s in the field. So we wanted to uh, ensure that this offering was inclusive. And so we opened it up to GS-12s. And that was another hugely successful program attended by agencies across the U.S., Um, Uh, in that we ran it from, I think it started, uh, we launched it in late March, early April of 2021, and we ran it through July. And it was for, um, like I said, GS-12s through the SES. So um, more more programming, more rich, robust, targeted programming uh, that is relevant to the time we're in And that is meeting the needs of individuals and agencies to ensure that the senior managers are equipped. We want them to be equipped. We want to provide them uh, not only the content, but to the extent possible, the exposure uh, so that they can further grow uh, and develop professionally.
0: That's really incredible. I think it's so it's so interest. It's it's great that the culminating kind of panel of this event was so forward looking, and it you you really learned from the programs that have been successful in the past yes. to shape your future plans a- and your future organizational objectives. And it really, you know, I hear that sentiment of learning from every step of the way. It, it's very it makes sense to me that the first kind of fireside chat with these past presidents looking at the history. And then you really come full circle with saying, what did we learn from that experience? And how can we move forward? Um, The 20th anniversary just sounds like it was really incredible. I can't wait for, you know, another 10, another 20 years, you you guys got to do these big events more often, because it just seems so impactful. And, And, you know, you talked a lot about inviting new people in to get the word out about AFIA. And I think I I can see why your membership is growing every day when these events really struck to the heart of what's going on in agencies and the role that AFIA plays in, you know, really achieving their objectives, supporting African Americans in government and setting the course right for future leaders. I want to talk about talking about all these programs and events, Um, I want to talk about the big one you did in 2021, the Empowered Leadership event. Uh, Is that an annual conference? Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of the big annual event?
3: I am happy to do that. Uh, Yes, it is an annual event. Uh, This year, we will have the 18th annual uh, Leadership Development um, Workshop. It is themed Leadership Dimensions, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility. And we have uh, already confirmed one keynote speaker, Ms. Ursula Burns, who was the first uh, former Xerox uh, CEO and first African-American female to lead a Fortune 500 company. So we're delighted to have her. But last year, our theme was Empowered Leadership. And we have been very, very fortunate to have uh, incredible luminaries to to participate in our annual workshops. Our last in-person workshop, uh, 2019, our keynote speaker was the late General Colin Powell. Um, We've had President uh, Freeman Hebrowski, the president of University of Maryland, Baltimore, um, we've had uh, Deborah Lee, former uh, Black, uh, Black BET um, CEO. We've had Susan Taylor, uh, Essence Magazine, former uh, editor-in-chief at Essence. And the list just really goes on. General Dennis Vaya. Um, so, so this annual workshop is a three-day event. This year, it will be held September 19th through 21st. We are scheduled to be in a hybrid format this year at the University of Maryland uh, Conference Center in College Park. And for three days, we have these luminary speakers, we have presenters for breakout sessions, um, and we create a um, phenomenal experience for our attendees. We're, we're generally uh, over 250 in attendance at these events, all grade levels. And um, it's another powerful experience for our members. They get to network with other like-minded individuals and colleagues um, and um, get some very rich leadership development.
0: That's so incredible. I think of, you know, when we you were telling about the fireside chat with the founders and you talked about how they were the only three or four African-Americans in a room of 150 people. And I just imagine how looking at these conferences today, there just really must be such a sense of pride to see all of these members gather together, all of these people coming for this common purpose in this organization, and and really feeling that sense of community and being able to network in a way that 20 years ago might not have even been possible. Uh, So it sounds like an incredible event. We are going to stop for our final break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about some of the other professional development opportunities that AFIA offers and some of the ways that AFIA celebrates success through scholarships um, and some of the other programs. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We are entering our last segment of the show with Tyra Dent from AFIA. Let's dive right in. We were just talking about some of the great programs and events that AFIA offers. I would like all of our listeners to check out afia.org. That's A A fea.org And if you go under the events tab, you can learn more about the coffee talk series, the webinar series, social events, as well as some of these other events that Tyra has been telling us are coming more in the in the next year or so. Um, this is really exciting that it, it seems like just really great opportunities for not only networking and meeting other like-minded folks, but really developing one's career. And I wanna dive a little bit more into Afia's role in professional development. Tyra, you talked a little bit about the fellows program. Can you tell us a bit more about that, including um, some when people can expect to apply for the 2023 fellows class?
3: Absolutely, so let me just dive right there. The application um, period will open for the class fellows class of 2023 on March 20th, or thereabouts. March 20th. March 20th, yes. Mark your calendar, save the date. Um, As you mentioned, visit our website, www.athea.org, and there will be um, instructions there for you on the website to... um, guide you through submitting your applications. We generally uh, select anywhere between 15 and 20 candidates each year to participate in the fellows program. Um, I might add that the fellows program is open to AFIA members. So as we talk about some of our programming and events, there are some that are benefits of being a member. So also on our website, if you're not yet a member, you can certainly Click the Join Now button and become a member uh, in as little as two or three minutes. And then that opens up another window of opportunity for you to participate in so many of the AFIA programs and events. Um, so the Fellows Program application period will be open for a month. It will open, as I said, around March 20th and it will close it around April 20th. Um, The class will uh, hold the orientation on the first day of the annual workshop, September 19th. And our chancellor, uh, Ms. Giselle Gothi will be guiding that and administering that process. So please be on the lookout for that. We are excited. We have some phenomenal fellows uh, currently and those that are now considered fellows alum. And um, it's it's just a wonderful experience. Can't say enough about it. The other program, though, that I'd like to talk about uh, is our career development plan program. Um, The the fellows program is geared for GS-14s and 15s. The career development plan program is geared towards GS-13s and 14s, and also particularly those in those grades that are non-supervisory. Um, supervisory roles and responsibilities are another critical criteria for the fellows program because we are preparing people to take on the senior executive service. Um, and so, career development plan gets uh, those at the 13 and 14. We this is a five-month program, so not quite half a year, but uh, nonetheless very rigorous. Um, they also meet on personal time, one, one day out of the month. Uh, there is a program director who administers the program. And this program content is really centered around um, knowing yourself as a leader. Uh, they do a lot with strength finders and really tapping into their strengths. And um, we run this program twice a year. So we're currently, the application period is currently open for the next class, which will begin in July. Um, This program, I mean, this application period will close on March 18th. So there is still time, if interested, to apply for the CDP, we call it CDP program, uh, through or up until 11.59 p.m. March 18th. Um, and then that class will begin in in July and run through December. And some sometime during late summer, right around our annual workshop, we'll announce the first class of 2023.
0: I will re-emphasize for our listeners, one week from today, the yes. applications are due. Become a, an AFIA member if you're not already one and sign up for this program. It really, it, it seems very interesting, also very intense, but a really good way, especially, you know, like you told the member testimony, someone who's a little bit lost in their career. They're not sure what to do next. This seems like it really assist in just setting the course, guiding people through their career and and really figuring out where their strengths lie and how they can, you know, use those strengths for public service. Yes. This is very interesting. So one of the things I noticed about the Next Generation CDP program is that it is virtual. Is it all virtual?
3: It is all virtual. This was another silver lining. We had just launched the program in January of 2020. Uh, when COVID hit. And so that was one of the very first programs that we had to pivot um, very quickly uh, on and, and reframe it into a virtual experience. It has worked so well that we have definitely decided, at least for these next class or two, that we're going to maintain it as virtual. And in large part, again, it allows us to reach individuals outside of this geographic region. And um, I didn't mention before, but I do want to mention that the CDP program is open to non-members. So you do not have to be, you don't don't have to be an a member to participate. We'd like for you to be a member, but you don't have to, but there is um, a difference. There's a member uh, registration fee and a non-member registration fee, but all that is detailed at AFIA.org. Um, so it, it's it's a good program, I think. I, we we only hear good reviews about it.
0: So you've done the both the CDP program and the fellows program before. I, I saw on your website you have the photos of the previous fellows class. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great stuff. I'm curious about some feedback that you've gotten. Like, what are some of the things that um, individuals who have joined the programs have taken away that that or why they found them so beneficial?
3: Well, I think they. One of the things that I hear repeatedly is just how insightful the program is. A, around. Uh, being more self-aware
2: mm. and
3: really knowing who you are as a leader, what your leader, your leadership brand is, um, how you show up as the leader, what's important uh, in that realm, where you might need to pursue additional development. Right. And, and then as we talked about before, those areas that come a little or a lot more naturally um, um for you. So the, the one of the, the primary objectives is to ensure that our senior managers are showing up as prepared and equipped so that they then are successfully leading within their organization and demonstrating this leadership capability that gets them in the line of sight for increased roles and responsibilities.
0: That's great. You know, self-awareness is so important for everyone, but um, for for leaders, you know, it really makes the difference in an employee experience and making sure that you're setting up your leaders to really be successful and to really own their role it's so incredible to hear um yes. just going to say it one more time for all of our listeners for the fellows program be on the lookout for the applications to open on march 20th and for the career development plan program be you should be submitting your applications they close one week from today march 18th at 11:59 p.m. Now, to close out this conversation, Tyra, I thought it would be great to talk about some of the awards and scholarships that AFIA provides in order to recognize professional achievements of leaders, influencers, and role models throughout government. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, we could just start with the Ebenezer Bassett Award?
3: Absolutely. We have four categories of awards, and, and you said it, you were just spot on. It's very important to us to recognize achievements and to recognize those among us who are living the purpose and mission of a FIA in the execution of their day-to-day roles and responsibilities in the federal space. So our Ebenezer um, Bassett Award uh, named after Ebenezer Don Carlos ba- Carlos Bassett, an educator and abolitionist and civil rights activist. Um, this award recognizes career members of the senior executive service and non-career senior federal officials for distinguished service to our nation. And so, um, again, we've had quite a listing of individuals who have um, been the recipient of that award. Um, we actually just closed our nominations for uh, all of these award and scholarship categories on last Friday, March the 4th. So we're actually in the process right now, the board of directors is in um, reviewing nominations and preparing to make selections for awards for our 2022 year. I Absolutely. did want to mention here and this um uh, this impacts the fellows and career development program, we actually hold graduations um, for our fellows program at the annual workshop. And then we hold two graduations a year for our CDP candidates. So on day one of our annual workshop, we also host an awards and scholarship luncheon ceremony. So this is where we publicly recognize our award recipients. In addition, We offer a Tracy Pinson Trailblazer Award, and that award was renamed a couple years ago after one of our founding members, the late Tracy Pinson. And this award recognizes career staff persons at the GS-13 to 15 levels who are trailblazers in having significantly advanced the objectives of AFIA to promote the development and advancement of African-Americans into the senior ranks. Our next award is the Community Partner Award, and that award is presented annually to selected senior-level associations, public-private sector organizations, companies, and our academia that have consistently and significantly partnered with ATHEA to support and advance our ATHEA strategic objectives. And then finally, and, and as important, we provide a William A. Brown Scholarship Award to members who apply for this award, they, can, they are awarded up to $2,500 to support and or pursue professional development external uh, to what they may be receiving at their agency or other entities. A lot of our members use it to get certifications and just further their professional leadership development.
0: I think these awards and scholarships really encapsulate uh, what AFIA does and its mission, recognizing your partners across the community, recognizing people who are trailblazers in government, and and recognizing people who have really made a difference by serving as role models and leaders. It, It speaks to... Who AFIA is as an organization and the way that you support and uplift African Americans in, in government, you know, to be these really phenomenal leaders um, that that our government needs. Yeah. Uh, Tyra, this has been such an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to remind everyone that they can learn more about AFIA and join AFIA at aafea.org. That's AFIA.org. Thank you all for listening. Fed Talk is brought to you by the federal employment law firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. Have a great weekend.